Good morning. Welcome to Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Welcome to the soul of Sunday. We are Unitarian Universalists. Ours is a historic faith with a progressive theology. We affirm the worth and dignity of every being and that we are all deeply interconnected. We are bound to one another, not by creed, but by covenant. And we are called to answer the call of love with open minds, open hearts, and open hands. Whoever you are, those of all nations, all creeds, all colors, all kinds of love, you are welcome here. As we gather, we acknowledge that Arlington Street Church occupies the ancestral homeland of the Massachusetts. By making this land acknowledgement, we recognize, honor, and affirm the sovereignty of all First Nations peoples. Where's my Zoe? Wasn't she spectacular? Zoe, we're so proud of you, sweetheart. It's beautiful. Good morning, my friends. Good morning to our Zoomers. Welcome to the congregation gathered here in the sanctuary. I want to say happy Hanukkah, which begins tonight. And welcome to our annual lessons and carol service. It is an absolute joy for me to welcome some of our beloved affiliated community ministers to join Reverend Beth and me in the high pulpit this morning. You can see their impressive titles in the order of service. Let me just take a moment to really introduce you. Um, friends, wave as I say your name. Please join me in welcoming, in order of appearance, the good reverends Fred Small, Kelly Murphy Mason, Ali Jablonski, John Gibbons, and Erica Rose Long. So, so happy you're here, friends. Welcome, welcome. 
Joining us this, in this morning service is also Jess Acosta. You know Jess is our congregational minister, administrator. She's also in formation for the ministry in the United Church of Christ. Jess, we're so happy you're here today. Great to see you. I want to say a very special thanks to our volunteers who are here in the sanctuary. Tech team, Great Doors team, greeters, ushers, worship team, musicians, and the Arlington Street Church Choir, directed by Mark David Buckles. For those of you in the Boston area, Elf Hefe is looking for a few more elves to help usher on Christmas Eve. The services are at 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. There's Elf Hefe. Look how cute he is. Go talk to him. Um, if welcoming our guests our many, many guests is a way that you feel called to serve. Um, I think Elf Hefe, you have a sign-up sheet. Great. You can see him. You can see me. You can see Reverend Beth. Speak to any of us, and um, we'd love to get you on board for that magical evening. If you are here with a baby or child, I think there are Kulibeks in the house. They're always happy to help with child care. Welcome to you, friends. Following the guidance of the Boston Public Health Commission, we're continuing to mask and physically distance in the sanctuary. I'm going to ask you to please keep your mask over your nose and mouth the whole time you're inside to protect our most vulnerable spiritual companions. Thank you, my friends. For those of you who are new to Arlington Street, a very special welcome to you. If you're in the sanctuary, you should find a welcome card in the pew rack. You can hand yours to an usher or to Queen Cheryl or drop it in the basket at the great doors as you leave. For those of you in the Zoom room, please fill out a connection card. The link is in the chat. It includes the option to request a link to a recording of today's sermon. Since we can't greet all of you in person after the service, Reverend Beth and I would love to follow up with a virtual hello. Whether you've been coming here for years or today is your very first time at Arlington Street, welcome home. Good morning, friends. If you haven't already downloaded today's order of service, it's available in the chat and on the homepage at ASCBoston.org. For our guests here in the sanctuary, we've got printed copies for you at the great doors. As we begin our greetings, I invite the Zoomers and those of us here in the sanctuary with a device handy to please say hello in the chat and tell us where you're zooming in from today. And now Keith is gonna turn the camera on the incarnate congregation, nice and slowly, as we wave and smize at each other. And our friends in the Zoom room can wave and smile back. Hello, friends. Oh, beautiful. Let's all engage that Arlington Street spirit of welcome that transcends physical distance as we greet one another heart to heart. This morning, as we mark the fourth Sunday in Advent, we light this candle for love with the words of Dr. Howard Thurman. We will light candles this Christmas, candles of joy despite all sadness, candles of hope where despair keeps watch, candles of courage 
for fears ever present, candles of peace for tempest-tossed days, candles of graces to ease heavy burdens, candles of love to inspire all our living, candles that will burn all the year long. This is a lovely song for uh, the first night of Hanukkah and the lighting of lights, metaphorically and literally in general. Light these lights. 
When I traveled to Israel this past summer as part of a Boston area clergy study tour, I was commissioned to bring back certain items for people stateside, which I dutifully did. It was primarily Judaica for my family. No one asked me to bring back any dreidels, and I did not think to bring any on my own. Now that the first night of Hanukkah is upon us, I regret that. My husband and I have no shortage of them in our household, mind you. My mother-in-law has given us several over the years, most ornate and artisanal. Those are the ones that tend not to spin as well as the simple dime store ones. Yet all our dreidels are American, much as we are. Those of you who have been playing with dreidels since childhood will recall that there are four sides to each. The amount of chocolate gelt that you get is determined by the luck of each spin and where your dreidel lands in the end. The four letters on American dreidels stand for the Hebrew phrase, a great miracle happened there. That phrase commemorates the heroism of the Maccabees who liberated themselves and then rededicated their temple millennia ago when Israel was occupied by enemy forces. Though they had little sanctified oil left, it burned eight whole nights in their sacred space, illuminating a new and powerful reality for the people. So the four letters on the Israeli dreidels are a bit different. They stand for the Hebrew phrase, a great miracle happened here. A great miracle happened here. People living in the Holy Land are entitled to their bragging rights. They can boast of an undeniable proximity to history. In the same way that we here at Arlington Street can boast of our proximity to the birthplace of the American Revolution. But one of the things our guide in Jerusalem told clergy on the tour has stayed with me ever since. She said that people often come to Israel to export the holiness from there and import it into their various homelands. As superstitious as that might sound, it is still true. A number of pastors on my tour brought spare suitcases, entire empty suitcases, so they could bring back souvenirs from the Holy Land for members of their churches and communities. My suitcase only unzipped to expand but it was packed full of Judaica by the time we all flew home. So full that I had to check it and stuff the halva I bought at the airport into my handbag. When I think about what many of us do in our houses every December, lighting a Yule log in the fireplace, placing our polished Hanukkah on the dining room table, arranging a nativity scene in entryway, I remember how ancient our religious instincts are. We are all importing holiness into our homes and by extension into our very hearts. If a great miracle happened there, we quite rightly tell ourselves it could just 
as easily happen here. If our ancestors had that darkest day or night or season illuminated, then more light could still dispel any darkness that surrounds us. The sweetness that they tasted then, we want to taste today just as sweet on our own tongues. In the end, it matters little what happened where precisely. What matters is the sense of spiritual possibility that the holidays introduce into our otherwise workaday existences. Celebrating Hanukkah tonight, or the winter solstice later this week, or Christmas next Sunday, I hope you know joy. Our enduring religious myths are not intended to be mere history lessons. Instead, they are meant to map our present days and lead us toward brighter futures. Enjoy your tour through this 2022 holiday season, please. Take in the view and do not hesitate to pick up some souvenirs along the way. Wish only for days that you want to remember. Our first con congregational hymn this morning is number 223, Rock of Ages, one of the most traditional songs for Hanukkah. Uh, we'll be singing an arrangement uh, where, sorry, the, uh, the mic stand almost got knocked over. I'll fix that in a second. Um, uh, we're singing an arrangement wherein um, we'll first sing the Hebrew interspersed with the English. You'll hear our soloist, uh, baritone soloist Andrew Stack singing the Hebrew and the choir responding with English translation. Um, after that, I'll invite you to rise and we'll sing verse one all together. Verse two is uh, another solo verse, and then it will come together again to sing uh, verse three all together. Thank you. 
our treasured ritual of sharing community candles of sorrow and joy. These candles were submitted on our website by the Friday evening deadline. If you didn't submit a candle and have a joy or a sorrow to share this morning, please wait until the third candle is lit, the silent candle, and then type your joy or sorrow into the chat. Zoomers are invited to light silent candles at home. Those in the sanctuary are invited to light a silent candle at the table, at the front, to the right of the Grillison podium. In addition to sharing our sorrows and joys this morning, let's reach out to one another in the week ahead, staying connected. May these times remind us of how very precious this beloved community is. We need one another. Whether together or apart, may we stay very close. And now in the spirit of invocation, let's join in singing Sanctuary. The words are printed in your order of service and in the chat. 
some of us come today with heavy hearts. We open our hearts to you. A mixed candle from Betsy Shearer. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your love and care through the difficult times I've had over the last year. I went from recovering from major surgery to taking care of my mother in her final months to grieving her death. I'm grateful for all of the support from Kim, from Beth, and from many of you. Your phone calls, messages, cards, and friendship mean so much to me. It feels great to be back singing with the choir. Please continue to send prayers for my sister who's facing some serious health issues. Thank you all. A candle of ongoing concern from the Arlington Street Congregation for the people of Ukraine and for the courageous Russians who are standing up to their government. A candle in memory of Roger Hooper, who died this week at age 82 after many years in poor health. Roger was an educator, a music lover who commissioned Mark David Buckles to compose two pieces for our choir, and a devoted presence in the Arlington Street kitchen for church events and for the Friday Night Supper program. Next month, there'll be a gathering in celebration of his life. Roger Hooper, presente. Our final candle of sorrow this morning is from Connie and Pat Scanlon. Pat's brother Dick passed away yesterday with family by his side after a long illness. Pat feels so fortunate to have had a very loving conversation with him just a few days ago. Richard Scanlon, presente. Some of us come today in joy. We share your joy. From Queen Cheryl, a candle of love, overwhelming joy, and ceaseless gratitude to all of you, my beloved peeps. This year marks my 15th Christmas Eve at Arlington Street Church. My story includes being excommunicated from three Baptist churches only to find my way here. On that first Christmas Eve, the woman standing behind the pulpit, the Reverend Kim Crawford Harvey, began her sermon with the words, someone give me a Jesus I can believe in. God told her I was coming. 
Someone give me a Jesus I can believe in. She was talking to me. And it was then that I knew I was home, born again, again. But for the very last time. I was a stranger and you took me in. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and happy anniversary. Love, Queen Cheryl. Our final candle is from the Arlington Street Congregation. A candle of great joy that after a two-year pandemic hiatus, the Boston Gay Men's Chorus is back at Jordan Hall with a spectacular holiday concert. There's one more show tonight. Catch it if you can. Congratulations to Al Ingram and to all of our BGMC guys. We're so excited to welcome you here to Arlington Street again on Christmas Eve. sorrows and all the joys we hold in our hearts, we light a silent candle to remember and to rejoice. May the peace of this sanctuary enter into our hearts as we share a quiet moment together, breathing our prayers for ourselves, for one another for our country and for the world. Amen. Let's join now in saying together the affirmation and covenant of this beloved spiritual community. The words are printed in your order of service and in the chat. Love is the spirit of this congregation and service is our gift. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to speak our truths in love and to help one another. El amor es el espíritu de nuestra congregación y el servicio es nuestro regalo. Esto es a lo que nos comprometemos, convivir en paz, hablar nuestras verdades con amor y ayudarnos 
los unos a los otros. All right. Well, our first real Christmas carol to uh, to kick off the Christmas carol shebang is uh, "Angels We Have Heard on High," one of my favorites. We're going to do it um, a way I've been doing it for a few years. So if you come here, you kind of know. But we do the verses a little slower, um, actually half the tempo of the uh, choruses, uh, and then when we get to the we speed it up and. Um, uh, yeah, that train keeps on, on a chugging. So you just follow right along. I invite you to rise in body, rise in spirit, and let's sing together angels we've heard on high. One, two, three.
1968 was a hard year. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert Kennedy were assassinated just months apart. Young men were dying in Vietnam. Civil unrest was erupting across the country with violent clashes between police and protesters. America's once venerated democracy seemed to be decaying to the point of collapse. Our global press coverage was so dismal that the House Foreign Affairs Subcommittee said, the mental picture that many abroad have of our nation is increasingly that of a violent, lawless, overbearing, even sick society. And then, in December of 1968, hope arrived in the form of Apollo 8. The Apollo mission offered an image of a nation striving for grand goals and focused on inclusion and peace in a world that felt divided between democracy and communism and among generations, races, and genders, Apollo 8 held the promise of a moment of unity and a sense of connection. Shortly before the launch, as mission commander Frank Borman was busy with the final stages of training, he got a call from NASA's Public Affairs Department. In addition to traveling further and faster than any humans in history, the Apollo crew would also host a series of live television broadcasts from space. Commander Borman remembers being told, look, Frank, we've determined that you'll be circling the moon on December 24th and we've scheduled the final broadcast for Christmas Eve. NASA is estimating that a billion people around the world will be following your flight. <laughs> the voices of your crew will be heard by more people than any voice in history. So, we want you to say something appropriate. <laughs> Commander Borman was keen to amplify the message that the American space program was in the parlance of the time for all mankind. He just wasn't quite sure how. As Borman gathered input, one very wise friend told him to keep it simple and short. He said trying to compose a message reflecting on Christmas Eve, the conditions on Earth, the way you feel about them from the moon, it could get awfully sticky. And it would be difficult not to sound pretentious or patronizing. Eventually, a stroke of genius arrived from the wife of one of Borman's advisors. Christine Layton asked, why don't you begin at the beginning? The opening lines of Genesis have universal appeal and might be the only thing that can provide the sense of reverence to match the majesty of the occasion. 
The crew readily agreed, and the first 10 verses of Genesis were typed on fireproof paper and inserted into the Apollo 8 flight plan. After three days of flying, Apollo 8 reached the moon on December 24th. It was then that astronaut Bill Anders spontaneously snapped the stunning photo of the Earth rising above the lunar horizon, giving the world the first view of the whole beautiful Earth hanging in space. As the crew unpacked that day's food, tied up in plastic green fireproof ribbons and labeled Merry Christmas, they found turkey with gravy and a fruitcake coated in gelatin to prevent crumbs from floating into the spacecraft's systems. At 9.30 p.m., they turned the camera toward the moon and began their final broadcast. We are now approaching lunar sunrise, Bill Anders said to television and radio audiences around the world. For all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 have a message that we would like to send to you. Minutes before the spacecraft slipped behind the moon for the last time, the three men read in turn. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And God called the firmament heaven. And God said, let the waters be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And God called the dry land earth, and God saw that it was good. Commander Frank Borman concluded the broadcast. From the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. In the beginning, there was the Word. The Word was in God's presence. And the Word was God. The Word was present to God from the beginning. Through the Word, all things came into being. And apart from the world, nothing came in to being that has come into being. In the word was life, and that life was humanity's light, a light that shines in the darkness, a light that the darkness has never overtaken.
Our next carol is It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, which will be led by Beck Zur. The words can be found in the Gray Hymnal on page 244, in the order of service, and in the chat. Will you please stand now as you're willing and able, and let's sing together, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear.
This is the story that my Milwaukee family has shared for 30 years. I'm excited to share it with you. A wish for wings that work. It was a good morning to fly, even if it had come late and slow and so cold that a penguin feared his nose might freeze and drop off like one of those icicles hand landing over the porch. Fly, Opus whispered as he ran to the top of Duck's Breath Ridge at dawn to watch the snow ducks soar above. Fly, he whispered as he lifted his wings and waited to be swept up beneath the faded moon with the other birds. But it was on mornings such as this that Opus's heart grew as cold as his nose. A penguin could surely say the word fly but he cannot do it. A bird with wings that won't work, Opus growled to himself. What good is that? What good am I? I might as well have been born a snail or a slice of Melba toast. One day during lunch, he climbed the statue at the park and offered to share his last pickle with the pigeons, but they just rolled their eyes around and moved away. It is not our pleasure, they sniffed, to share pickles with birds whose wings do not work. If my wings will not lift me, I'll find something that does, thought Opus. He heard a man screaming on TV about a new product everyone should own called a Flappomatic. Opus quickly ordered one. When it arrived, he put it together and he hoped that everything was right since the instructions were in a different language. <laughs> Opus carried it up to Vulture Gorge, strapped it on, and wound up the rubber band. Stepping to the edge, Opus looked down to the bottom three miles below. Yow, he growled. He sighed, walked back home, and spent the rest of the day cooking anchovy Christmas cookies, which wasn't nearly as dangerous. And then, Opus knew what he should do. That night, he sat in front of his warm fireplace, considered his words carefully, and wrote an important letter. Dear Santa Claus, in the past, I have asked for a scarf that will last. I have wished for some new skates or some herring rum cakes. But since my wings sputter at those times, they should flutter. I thought you should know. I need wings that will go. After mailing his Christmas wish, Opus congratulated himself that a penguin could be so clever and then immediately went up to Duck's Breath Ridge to practice takeoffs. Santa Claus will be bringing me new wings, announced Opus to a passing snow duck. I shall be flying on Christmas morning. Christmas Eve soon arrived, and after leaving a note of welcome for Santa Claus in the fireplace, the penguin whose wings would not work tucked himself into bed. He burrowed deep down in his thick quilt, curled up his knees to his chin, scratched his nose one last time, and as a flock of snow ducks drifted silently across the Christmas moon, he closed his eyes. Fly, he whispered just before falling asleep. I'll be flying on Christmas morning. And then he was snoring. Look, 
There, above the hills, above the clouds, a soft glow growing brighter, closer. What is it? It was much too early for the sun. Maybe it was a duck with a flashlight. Listen, sleigh bells ringing. Ducks don't wear sleigh bells. Why, it was him, of course. And with the thunder of hoofs, Father Christmas himself burst through the midnight clouds. Over the countryside, Slanta's sleigh swooped and glided and zoomed and wait. There was a bump, a thump, probably just some bumpy air, or maybe not. Something was not right. A small piece of the harness had broken away. The reindeer flew on, but Santa's sleigh plummeted like a meteor towards the lake. Hello, wake up, emergency, a voice hollered. Who's jumping about on my bed, asked Opus, rubbing the sleep from his eyes. A snow duck was holding a light over Opus and looking very upset. Catastrophe, calamity, the duck hollered, a considerable setback. Please follow me. The duck hollered. Opus crawled out of bed and stumbled behind his midnight intruder. There, said the snow duck, and pointed towards the dark lake. They lifted the little penguin so he could see better. Opus could just make out something. A lantern on the water, a big man with a white beard standing on something that was rocking, teetering, Opus gasped in horror. Down the snowy bank, Opus scampered, a flash of black and white as he hit the water. Toad frogs leapt, catfish jumped, and Opus flew. Strong and fast through the icy water, a wonderful roaring, racing torpedo sailing through the darkness. He was swimming and swimming. After all is what penguins do best. There, whispered a snow duck from the water's edge. Look there, he said, pointing now for something was moving towards them. It was Opus and he was pulling that great Christmas sled and all the toys through the freezing water with the reins in his teeth. There was great sloshing and frothing and laughing. Somebody was laughing. Out from the sleigh, a deep voice of good cheer drifted among the water. Opus stumbled, exhausted, onto the deck. His arms ached and it hurt to breathe. He noticed many eyes watching him and he tried his best to straighten his soggy red bow tie. He had brought the sleighs safely to shore. The reindeer were waiting there patiently. The large man in the red approached, shook his hand gently. Santa's wide pink face came down close and his whiskers brushed Opus's ear. Opus noticed his kind eyes, which winked softly. I see no penguins here whose wings only sputter. Tonight it was courage that flew yours beyond others. With a hearty laugh, he and the sleighs sailed up to the stars. Opus awoke Christmas morning and stumbled sleepily to the door, but he found something besides the morning paper outside. He rubbed his eyes in disbelief 
there on his front porch, spreading out across his lawn and down the street, were hundreds, maybe even thousands, of smiling snow ducks. And each and every one wore a little bright red bow tie. Two of the ducks took hold of his arms, were slowly at first and then faster. They all began running and flapping their wings. What's going on? Opus asked, but he already knew, for his feet weren't on the ground anymore. Over the street and above the houses, the ducks carried Opus until they were way, way above Duck's Breath Ridge. Down below, people looked up, for they could hear a voice somewhere above the clouds. It was a penguin's whose wings didn't work, laughing because he was surely flying on Christmas morning. This holiday season, may you see each, other, each other's wings and may you trust and know your own. This short seasonal piece is titled Lucky. I wrote it a long, 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 did I say long time ago. It's been read in many churches, many Decembers. You might say it has been re-gifted, an important holiday concept. I am re-gifting it to you. <laughs> the lost and found pet notice reads as follows, lost, one large and lively, multicolored, nondescript mutt, ragged left ear, one-eyed, three-legged, missing tail, answers to the name of lucky, reward, beloved, and so the holiday season is upon us, large, lively, multicolored, and hard to describe. The celebrations are a bit worse for wear, sometimes shabby, oft abused. We, the celebrants, at least those above a certain age, are a bit dog-eared ourselves. Some of us bear the scars of unfestive phrase past. Nonetheless, nonetheless, the old bounding mutt of December still answers to the name of Lucky. Despite all that is missing and all that is too much, there is in this season still an abiding delight that we are still alive, still sniffing, still licking hands and faces, still barking at the moon, still rolling in trash, still chasing cars, rabbits, and rainbows, still risking life, limb, and tail, and still able to sleep and dream curled warm on the rug. We are disfigured, 
Life has taken its huge toll, but no more. And more remains. We are lucky to be living in these beloved days and beloved nights. May we find delight and may delight also find us. There is a reward. You betcha. Our next carol is The Friendly Beasts, which will be led by Andrew Stack. The words can be found in the Gray Hymnal on page 243, in the order of service and in the chat. Please stand now as you're willing and able, and let's sing together The Friendly Beasts.
One Christmas was so much like another in those years around the sea town that I can never remember whether it snowed for six days and six nights when I was 12, or if it snowed for 12 days and 12 nights when I was six. This is Dylan Thomas, published in 1952. A Child's Christmas in Wales is his nostalgic reminiscence of the snowy Christmases of his boyhood. He continues, our snow was not only shaken from whitewashed buckets down the sky, it came shawling out of the ground and swam and drifted out of the arms and hands and bodies of the trees. Snow grew overnight on the roofs of the houses like a thunderstorm of white, torn Christmas cards. And the Christmases roll down toward the two-tongued sea like a cold and headlong moon bundling down the sky that was our street. And they stop at the rim of the ice-edged fish freezing waves, and I plunge my hands in the snow into that wool-white, bell-tongued ball of holidays resting on the rim of the carol-singing sea. And out comes the afternoon of the day of Christmas Eve. I was in Mrs. Prothero's garden with her son Jim making snowballs Suddenly, fire, cried Mrs. Prothero, and she beat the dinner gong. And we ran down the garden towards the house with the snowballs in our arm, and the smoke was indeed pouring out of the dining room. And the gong was bombinating, and Mrs. Prothero was announcing ruin like a town crier in Pompeii. We bounded into the house laden with snowballs and stopped at the open door of the smoke-filled room. Something was burning all right. Perhaps it was Mr. Prothero, who always slept there after midday dinner with a newspaper over his face. There was no fire to be seen, only clouds of smoke, and Mr. Prothero standing in the middle of the room saying, a fine Christmas, and smacking at the smoke with his slipper. Call the fire brigade, cried Mrs. Prothero as she beat the gong. Do something, he said. And we threw all of our snowballs into the smoke. And we ran out of the house to the telephone box. Let's call the police, Jim said, and the ambulance. And Ernie Jenkins, he likes fires. <laughs> but we only called the fire brigade. And soon the fire engine came and three tall men in helmets brought a hose into the house and Mr. Prothero got out just in time before they turned the hose on. And when the firemen turned off the hose and we were standing in the wet, smoky room, Jim's aunt, Miss Prothero, came downstairs and peered in at them. Jim and I waited very quietly to hear what she would say to them. She said the right thing always. She said, would you all like anything to read? <laughs> there were always uncles at Christmas. They sat in the front parlor without their collars, trying their new cigars, 
holding them out judiciously at arm's length, returning them to their mouths, coughing, then holding them out again as though waiting for the explosion. For dinner, we had turkey and blazing pudding, and after dinner, they sat in front of the fire, loosened all buttons, put their large hands over their watch chains, groaned a little, and slept. Mothers, aunts, and sisters scuttled to and fro, bearing tureens. Auntie Bessie had some elderberry wine. Auntie Dossie had to have three aspirins. But Auntie Hannah, who liked port, stood in the middle of the snowbound backyard, singing like a big-bosomed thrush. <laughs> in the rich and heavy afternoon, the uncles breathing like dolphins, and the snow descending, I would sit among festoons and nibble dates and try to make a model man-o'-war following the instructions for little engineers. And I would blow up balloons to see how big they would blow up to. And when they burst, which they all did, the uncles jumped and rumbled. Always on Christmas night, there was music. An uncle played the fiddle and a cousin sang. Auntie Hannah, who had got on to the parsnip wine, sang a song in which she said her heart was like a bird's nest. And then everybody laughed. And then I went to bed. Looking through my bedroom window out into the moonlight and the unending smoke-colored snow, I could see the lights in the windows of all the other houses on our hill and hear the music rising up from them in the long, steadily falling night. I turned down the gas. I got into bed. I said some words to the close and holy darkness. And then I slept. Beloved spiritual companions, this Christmas, may we too remember and pray and dream. Snow or not, together and apart, may we make new Christmas memories, stringing them like lights shining in the darkness. Merry Christmas. Good fortune attends.
so much to Mark David and to our wonderful Arlington Street Choir. Friends, Arlington Street is entirely self-sustaining. It is up to us. And our generosity continues to be astounding. Thank you for your commitment to our staff, our building, and our beloved spiritual community. Each Sunday, we share our collection plate with a partner in our mission of love, service, justice, and peace. This month, our beneficiary will be Everytown, the largest gun violence prevention organization in the United States. Everytown lobbies for gun control legislation and also provides support, to support services to survivors of gun violence. Thank you for your generosity. For the holidays this year, I'll be flying home to Jacksonville, Florida on Christmas morning. My whole family, all 11 of us, will be converging on my parents' house. I can't wait to watch my nieces and nephew open their presents and to spend a few days enjoying the sunshine together. But first, there are all the celebrations that we share and savor here together at Arlington Street. This is the top of our biggest week of the year, and Mark David, Kim, and I are excited to share the magic with you. I'll tell you more in a few minutes, 
But for now, please know how happy and grateful I am for your presence and for the light that each of you brings here to our spiritual home. Happy holidays, my friends. Please take a moment now to join me in giving to our beloved spiritual community by filling our virtual collection plate. You can give online by scanning the QR code in the order of service or by going to ASCBoston.org. You can mail a check to the church or use the envelopes in the pews, which can be handed to Reverend Kim or me or any of our ushers after the service. You can also text your gift to the church by sending a message with the word give, G-I-V-E, to 617-300-0509. Thank you for your generosity. song to you the storm is coming soon it rolls in from the sea my voice a beacon in the night my words will be your light to carry you to me is love alive is love alive is love Is love alive? Is love alive? 
This is my winter song December never felt so wrong Cause you're not where you belong Inside my arms Just breathtaking. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Mark David. Whew. At the new friends gathering that Kim and I hosted this week, someone asked us how they could get more involved at Arlington Street beyond Sunday mornings. The answer for them and for all of you is to join us in the Zoom room throughout the week. There are gatherings for loving kindness meditation, poetry, yoga, and writing. Every Wednesday at four, Reverend Kim and I host a tea party with a conversation prompt. This week's prompt is, what was a key choice point in your life and what happened? Information and Zoom links are at ASCBoston.org. To attend any of them, you don't have to be a member, and you don't even have to turn your video on if you don't want to. And they're all free. All are always welcome. After tea this Wednesday, to celebrate the winter solstice, we'll gather at the Great Doors on Arlington Street and on Zoom for a candlelight walking meditation in the public garden. When we return to the church, Mark David hosts the 16th annual Carol Sing. <laughs> and then Saturday night, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> there are three beautiful candle lighting services, five o'clock, seven o'clock, and nine o'clock, which will be in person and on Zoom. 
Again, Elf Hefe is looking to round up a few more elves to usher on Christmas Eve. Please see Kim or me or Elf Hefe if you would like to help. And finally, next Sunday morning on Christmas Day, Reverend Kim will be sharing Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Hannah and Youngju are bringing wonderful music. And after the service, Queen Cheryl and Daryl Waters are hosting a little gathering for us to enjoy holiday treats and one another's good company. Following today's service, will all of you who are here in person please pull the hymnals from your pews and take them with you to put in the library carts in the back. Thank you for your help in getting us ready to welcome many, many, many guests on Christmas Eve. And while you're back in the vestibule, be sure to grab your Christmas ducky, which have just arrived. Thank you so much to Queen Cheryl. Virtual coffee hour is happening after the service. If you'd like to participate, please answer yes to the breakout room invitation that will appear on your screen. If you're here in the sanctuary, now is a good time to be making your way to the Zoom room. And then if you're here in person, please consider staying an extra 15 minutes for an informal gathering in front of the pulpit. The membership team will be setting up chairs so we can visit and share how things are going leading up to the holidays. Thank you to all who joined in today's service and to all of you who made it possible. Remember, we are all in this together. I love you. Thank you, Reverend Beth. Our final carol is Go Tell It on the Mountain. I invite you to rise in body, rise in spirit, and let's sing together. Shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that hailed the baby's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. In a lowly manger, the humble babe was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it. Go. 
hotel and on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born Before our benediction, I invite those of you in the Zoom room to please reach out your hands and touch the sides of your Hollywood Square. And those of you in the sanctuary, please raise your hands, palms out. Let's send loving kindness to the people to your left and to your right. Send loving kindness to the person on either side of you and to the people on either side of them. Send out love into this beloved spiritual community and feel it coming back to you. Love is the spirit of this congregation. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I honor the divine in you. From British American poet W.H. Auden. And now, let Christmas overtake us in all our haste and unpreparedness and renew the miracle of love once again in our hearts. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Merry Christmas. Amen.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.